With Terry McAuliffe running a rough race in Virginia, Joe Biden steps in to deliver a disgusting attack on Glenn Youngkin. Plus, Democrats continue to struggle over their spending package as inflation sets in. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. This show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. It's time to stand up to big tech, protect your data. ExpressVPN.com slash Ben. Well, you know what's one thing that you would never do? Just take your wallet out of your back pocket, put it on the street, and then wait to see if somebody was going to steal your credit cards. Now, there's a solid shot that maybe someone wouldn't steal your credit card. Somebody might give you back your wallet, or there is always the possibility somebody would just take your cash and take your credit cards and, and all the rest. Well, if you wouldn't do that, why exactly would you leave your online data for anyone to grab? This is why you need ExpressVPN. Every time you connect, to an unencrypted network in cafes, hotels, airports, etc., your online data is not secured. Any hacker on the same network can gain access and steal your personal data. This is like passwords, financial details, etc. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack somebody. Just some cheap hardware is necessary. A smart 12-year-old could probably do it. Your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. Why do I use ExpressVPN? I use ExpressVPN because they've got the encrypted tunnel that creates that secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal my sensitive data. It's very easy to use. You just download it with one click of a button and then you fire up the app with another click of a button and you're good to go. It works on all devices, phones, laptops, tablets, and more. You can stay secure on the go. I use ExpressVPN. You should too. Secure your online data today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Ben. You can get an extra three months for free. Expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, Joe Biden is in some very, very serious trouble. The president of the United States' approval ratings suck. They're very, very bad. He's down in the low 40s at best. On a state-by-state basis, he's really in trouble. There's a poll out from Lansing, Michigan today, and it shows that 67% of people in Michigan believe that the country is on the wrong track compared to just 20% who believe the country is headed in the right direction. Voter sentiment in Michigan is very polarized. 52% of respondents believe that the state of Michigan is headed in the wrong direction, not just the nation, compared to 33% who believe that Michigan is on the right track. And President Biden's job approvals are now at 40%, 52% disapprove in Michigan. That is a flip from spring when 50% approved of Biden with 41% disapproving. As to rate their personal feelings toward Biden, the results were very similar. Only 39% shared a positive feeling of the president, 49% a negative feeling. Now, if people feel negatively about the president himself, the president is in a lot of trouble because Joe Biden has relied for a long time on the idea that he is warm, friendly, old Joe, empathetic old Joe. Afghanistan killed the Joe Biden presidency in a lot of ways. I think the thing it killed most of all was the sense that this was a guy who cared. When he made that speech comparing his son, Bo Biden's death to the people who were murdered by a terrorist in Afghanistan. I think a lot of people t- tuned out. I think they turned off. They said, this is not a person who is sympathetic or empathetic. This is a person who says what he needs to say in order to get where he wants to go. And that is really coming back to bite him right now. It's not just people on the right pointing this out. That poll from Michigan is a nonpartisan poll. John King from CNN is pointing out, if Joe Biden remains this unpopular come 2022, the Democrats are just going to get wiped out. The president's approval rating is down to 44%. His disapproval is at 50%. If a year from now the president's numbers are Mm -hmm. like that, Mm -hmm. goodbye House, goodbye Senate, Mm -hmm. goodbye a lot of governor's races. Uh, Is that enough to sink Terry McAuliffe right there, the president's approval rating alone? Mm -hmm. Well, I don't think so because at the end of the day, Virginia is still a blue state. Okay, but we're about to find out because Virginia is a very blue state. Joe Biden won that state by 10 points. But if Joe Biden's approval ratings are down in the 40s, could he drag down Terry McAuliffe? Absolutely. And, and here's the problem for McAuliffe. McAuliffe is basically stuck. He called out Barack Obama. He looks embarrassed by the president of the United States. 
But he has to call him out anyway, because otherwise it looks as though he is trying to run away from the president of his own party, who's about five minutes down the road. The biggest problem for the Democrats right now is that what the McAuliffe race shows is that those suburbs, which Democrats had flipped in 2012 and 2008, and then had flipped again in 2020 after Trump in 2016, those suburbs could easily be moving away from the Democrats again. If they start to lose suburban women, the Democrats are in a, they are in a real pressing situation. Again, their entire goal in 2012 was to jettison a lot of the old white voters they said had to be left behind in order to forge toward a greater America. They're going to have an intersectional coalition adumbrated by some co college-educated white upper-class liberals. And this was going to be the new coalition. And suburban voters, we need some of them, but not all of them. And then Trump came along and he did really well with the rural voters and he did pretty well with suburban voters. Not as well as he could have, but pretty well. And then in 2020, because Trump was so personally toxic with a lot of suburban women, they didn't vote for him, they voted for Biden. But those people are still up for grabs. There's a good piece of the Wall Street Journal today showing this. They say races for governor in odd years rarely illuminate the national political scene, but this year's showdown in Virginia could be an exception. President Biden won the state by 10 points. Democrat Terry McAuliffe is a familiar face for voters, having served as governor from 2014 to 2018. Why isn't he running away with it? That question has a few answers, but the upshot is that Virginia seems like a test of themes for next year's midterms. With President Trump out of office and off Twitter, can Republicans compete in suburbia again as soccer moms get fed up with progressive excess in Washington or at their area school boards? Or are voters still worried enough about Mr. Trump to punish all Republicans? Glenn Youngkin says the Wall Street Journal has run a strong campaign in a state that's been moving left for years. Virginia's most recent Republican high watermark was said by Ed Gillespie. In 2014, he came within 0.8% or 17,000 votes of unseating incumbent Democratic Senator Mark Warner. In Northern Virginia, Mr. Gillespie won Loudoun County by a smidgen, and he lost Prince William County by three points. Three years later, he lost to Ralph Northam by nine points. This time, Loudoun County went Democratic by 20 and Prince William by 23. So what exactly happened there? Was that just because Ralph Northam was such a great candidate, you know, with the blackface and or the KKK hood? No, it turns out that that was largely attributable to the fact that Trump was really unpopular in the suburbs. Suburban voters swung away from the GOP in 2018. They kept swinging as Democrats took the House in 2018. They swung again in 2020. Now Biden is in the White House. He's taking his cues from progressives in Congress. They are promising extreme policy, and McAuliffe knows it's a problem. He said earlier this month, quote, we are facing a lot of headwinds from Washington. The president is unpopular today, unfortunately, here in Virginia. And in order to try and go after Glenn Youngkin, he's tried to tie him to Trump, which is kind of difficult because Youngkin is a Harvard MBA. He's a former private equity executive. He wears fleece vests. He talks of killing the state's 2.5% grocery tax. And of course, he has caught the wave with regard to ripping on the Virginia public school domination by the school boards. So what Youngkin has been attempting to do is keep the Trump voters in the fold and also reach out to independent and suburban women. And it's working because right now the polls have the race basically tied with all the momentum on Youngkin's side. Okay, so now things have gotten even more heated because the Loudoun County controversy, which was launched by a report by Luke Rosiak for Daily Wire talking about how the supposed domestic terrorist parents in Loudoun County were pissed off for a pretty good reason. And one particular parent was pissed off for a very good reason. It turns out that he was lied to by the school administration. It turns out that the Loudoun County School Board lied in full to the parents by saying there were no sexual assaults in bathrooms. And this is all part of a broader conversation about whether trans students should be allowed to use the bathroom of their choice, whether boys should be allowed to say that they are girls and then walk into a girl's bathroom. And people said, okay, well, have there been any problems with sexual assault in bathrooms of girls? And they said, we've never had a report of that happening. 
And a parent whose daughter had allegedly been sexually assaulted in a, in a restroom stall got very angry. And then he was arrested and he was made the face of the terrible, terrible public school parents. And this has turned into a massive headache for the Democrats, especially given the fact that Terry McAuliffe in open debate said parents should not have control over their kids' education. So the two-pronged problem for Democrats has been, one, the failure of the Loudoun County School Board to be transparent with regard to the assault of students, and two, the general school board failure to allow parents to understand what it is their kids are learning. Because it turns out their kids have been taught racial essentialism in class. Okay, well, all this culminated yesterday in a massive walkout at a Loudoun County public high school. Students walked out at this high school to protest the failures of the school board to protect them. Here's what it looked like. You can see this is hundreds of students who are standing outside the school to protest the school's failures. It's a school called Brood, Brood School, I believe. This received no national news coverage, by the way. We had weeks of coverage that there were like three people at Netflix who were ticked off at Dave Chappelle. Weeks of coverage. But you have hundreds of students walking out of public schools in Loudoun County, and that's not worth one iota of national news coverage. And you know why? Because it cuts directly against Terry McAuliffe and the idea that parents and students are out of bounds to question the school board or the public school administration. And now it turns out that there is a, a news story from Daily Wire specifically talking about the attempt to go after this girl who reported that she was raped in a bathroom stall. Okay, the people who are going after her include the law firm that used to employ Terry McAuliffe. According to Luke Rosiak over at Daily Wire, and by the way, you should support our reporting over at Daily Wire because it makes an awful big difference. Luke does a great job. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code REALNEWS for 25% off because this is the kind of stuff that the media literally just refused to cover. They had every ability to cover this. Instead of covering this story, instead of asking the parent why he was angry, they just decided to pillory him as a domestic terrorist. Only Luke over at Daily Wire and the independent reporting at Daily Wire made that a national issue. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code REALNEWS for 25% off. It's really important. But according to Luke's latest report, a law firm that employed Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe is being paid handsomely to fight victims of alleged sexual abuse in schools on behalf of a school system that the girls say failed to protect them. In one case, the Hunton Andrews Kurth law firm, where McAuliffe served as a senior advisor from 2019 until recently, is battling a young woman who says she was repeatedly raped on her Fairfax County middle school campus as a 12 year old and that she was slashed with a knife, burned with a lighter, anally penetrated and gang raped. The law firm and McAuliffe's campaign did not comment on whether the law firm still employs McAuliffe. McAuliffe did report income apparently linked to the firm in 2021 after announcing his run for governor of Virginia on December 8th, 2020. Later advertisements from the firm for McAuliffe fundraisers referred to him as a former colleague. The girl in that middle school case said she was afraid of having her real name attached because one of her alleged tormentors had threatened to kill her if she came forward. The law firm is seeking to have the lawsuit thrown out because it was filed under a pseudonym, even though there is no dispute that the school system knows exactly who she is. A judge rejected Hunton's argument, but it filed an appeal on behalf of its client, the Fairfax County Public Schools. In a separate case, a girl alleged that after FCPS administrators were told of an unwanted sexual incident on a band trip, a school security officer told her there was no point in seeking criminal charges and the school gave an award to her alleged abuser. Hunton told the court the school system lost documentation showing its investigation of the allegations which occurred in part because it was not using a sexual harassment allegation database. It had promised to use pursuant to a federal settlement in the other girl's case. In both cases, a women's rights group filed amicus briefs to express opposition to Hunton's arguments. Joining McAuliffe's former law firm and FCPS in the latter case was the National School Boards Association, which filed its own amicus brief. Again, this is against students who are alleging sexual assault. 
The trio is banking on an aggressive interpretation of Title IX, a law that provides protections in sexual assault cases that would be more favorable to school administrators and less favorable to victims. The Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals smacked down their logic. Hunton has signaled its intent to take the case all the way to the Supreme Court. Again, this is a pretty shocking story. And the fact that it is a law firm connected to Terry McAuliffe is indeed a national story. And you know that the media would make it a national story, except for the fact that they want Terry McAuliffe to win. By the way, you can tell how hard the media are rooting for Terry McAuliffe by their coverage of the specific case in Loudoun County that has become a national issue. This girl alleging that she was raped inside a bathroom stall. A reporter for the Washington Post tweeted out that this girl had consented to sex with this guy before. Now, I'm no Me Too expert, but I was I was firmly told, I mean, I I was told reliably that consent to one act of sex does not amount to consent to another act of sex, mainly because that's true. But the Washington Post apparently thinks differently. Now they are attempting to sort of down talk what happened in that bathroom stall in a sort of bank shot attempt to protect Terry McAuliffe. According to the Washington Post, a Virginia juvenile court judge has now found sufficient evidence during a trial Monday to sustain charges that a teen sexually assaulted a classmate in the girl's bathroom of Loudoun County High School in May. That teenager, now 15, is also charged with the sexual assault of another student that occurred months later at a different Loudoun school. Loudoun County Juvenile Court Chief Judge Pamela L. Brooks said she would wait to sentence the teen until that case is decided in November. The case generated local and national attention after the parents of the girl assaulted in May said the charged youth was quote-unquote gender fluid, prompting renewed backlash against a policy in Loudoun County schools that allows transgender students to use bathrooms that match their gender identity. The authorities have not commented on on the youth's gender identity, It didn't become an issue Monday in court. During the hearing, the 15-year-old victim in the first case testified she had consensual sexual encounters with the defendant on two occasions in the girls' bathroom at Stonebridge High School in Ashburn. But on May 28th, she said, the two arranged to meet again. The youth threw her to the floor and forced her to perform particular sex acts that she was not willing to perform. By the way, his story, I mean, if the case is that you're making the case this is a gender-fluid student and this has some ramifications for who should be allowed into girls' bathrooms, um... There are some facts of the case that seem to support that. Okay, uh, apparently, according to the article, the defendant did not testify during the trial. Prosecutors played up interviews he gave to detectives investigating the case, during which he acknowledged, quote, messing up and said he did not intend to perform one sex act with the victim and said he stopped once he realized he was hurting the girl. The defendant initially told detectives the second sexual act did not occur, but later said it may have happened briefly and accidentally when a knee-length skirt he was wearing got caught on his watch as the pair were fumbling around in the bathroom stall. Really, uh, really great stuff happening at these public schools. Really, really terrific. Now, normally, by the way, if, if this sort of stuff came out about, say, the Catholic Church, this would prompt a nationwide investigation as to just what kind of sexual assaults are allowed on campuses and what the cover-up procedures are. But our media seem less than interested in that particular story. Okay, so all of this does not redound to the benefit of Terry McAuliffe, who have said, again, this ties more broadly and thematically, to Terry McAuliffe's statements in a debate, one of the most damaging debate statements I've ever seen, in which he said that parents should not be in charge of their kids' education. Instead, these dopes, who apparently cover up for alleged sexual assaulters, should be in charge of your kids' education. And well, this means that now he is desperate, and he had to call out Joe Biden, and it did not go great. We'll get to that in just one second. First, thieves are pretty innovative at stealing your stuff. The Social Security Administration computer servers are 45 years old. Computer servers at Health and Human Services are 50 years old. Maybe that's how cyber criminals hacked the U.S. Census Bureau's computers where everything about you is stored. See, the threat of some cyber thief stealing your credit card isn't actually your biggest risk. 
The biggest risk is he takes over ownership of your home. This is called home title theft. The FBI says it's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Cyber criminals simply hack into vulnerable government bank or mortgage company servers where copies of your home's title is stored. They then forge your signature saying you sold your home to them. Then they borrow on your home and leave you in debt. You're not going to know until the collection notices show up. Protect your most valuable asset, right? The value that you own in your home is almost undoubtedly your most valuable asset. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your address, see if you're already a victim, and use promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. Again, that is HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO, HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO. Go check them out and protect yourself from this form of crime right now. Okay, so... All of this leads up to, we are now nearing the end of the campaign. The, the election is next week. And Joe Biden is called in. He hobbles into Virginia. His closing pitch is not that Terry McAuliffe is going to be a good governor of Virginia. His closing pitch is Trump, Trump, McTrump, Trump, McTrumpy, Trump, Trump, McTrump, Trump, Trump. Now, you may have noticed that Donald Trump isn't running for governor of Virginia. You may have noticed that Donald Trump does not hold any public office. You may have noticed that Donald Trump did not campaign with Glenn Youngkin. So he has nothing to do with this race. But the Democrats have to rely on Trump in order to get out their base. Because when Trump's not on the ballot, their base doesn't care. So Joe Biden instead just says Trump over and over and over and over. There's not a Trump rally. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump? Now he doesn't want to talk about Trump anymore. Well, I do. Donald Trump. 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 Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Trump. Former President Trump's Donald Trump's Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Trump. I love this one. Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Trump, Trump. Okay, so what do you think their theme is? You getting any hints here? Okay, just say Trump over and over. Because this old doddering fool of a president who's botched the easiest presidency in the world. This is the easiest presidency ever. He inherited a vaccine. He inherited an economic boom because we were going to come out of the pandemic. All he had to do was sit there and continue to be barely sentient. That's all he had to do. And he somehow blew that. All he has and all the Democrats have is shouting Trump's name. That's it. And of course, lying about about Glenn Youngkin, because the idea is that you can say anything you want. It, by the way, this is how they got Trump. The way they got Trump is by saying that people like Mitt Romney, milk toast human beings. Mitt Romney is the least offensive human being who has ever walked the earth. Truly, he, he's, he's as bland as, as a piece of bread with with not even with butter, with margarine. Okay, that, that's who Mitt Romney is. And they call, and Joe Biden got up during the 2012 campaign and said that Mitt Romney was going to re-enslave black Americans. Okay, the Democrats during that campaign said that Mitt Romney strapped dogs to the top of his car, forcibly cut the hair of gay kids, was some sort of cruel bigot and bully, and had binders full of women, not because he wanted to hire women, but because he hated women. They said all that about Mitt Romney, who is basically dull as ditch water. And so they're going to try and do that again with now Glenn Youngkin who again, does not match the profile. When you do that, Republicans immediately say, okay, fine, whoever punches you guys in the mouth, we're good with. And you want more Trump, this is how you get more Trump. But maybe that's what they want, right? Maybe the idea is that if we call everybody Trump, maybe they'll actually nominate people like Trump. In any case, this was Joe Biden's pitch. So he claims that Glenn Youngkin wants to ban books. This is just an outright lie. It is not true. Okay, and that's not me saying that. That is the Washington Post saying that. Here is Joe Biden just lying because he is a doddering old liar. Just to look how he's closing his campaign. He's gone from banning a woman's right to choose to banning books written by a Pulitzer Prize and Nobel Prize winning author, Toni Morrison. Okay, he doesn't want to ban books. There's no evidence that Glenn Youngkin has called for banning books. The Washington Post said as much. Now, this is a repeat of a lie that Terry McAuliffe told during debate. 
And there was a recent decision by Fairfax County Public Schools to remove two books, one called Lawn Boy by Jonathan Evison and one called Gender Queer by Maya Kobabi from high school libraries because there were complaints at a school board meeting because these are basically pornography. Okay, but the bill that they are talking about here does not do that. The bill does not allow parents to veto books or take them off the shelves. In fact, all that the bill, which is what is issue, at issue here, does is veto the ability of parents to be informed that sexually explicit materials were in the school library. And the school board gets to decide whether the books stay in the schools. Parents can pressure the school board, but the governor doesn't get to decide which books get removed. All that has to happen under the bill that Youngkin supports, but that Terry McAuliffe does not, is that parents would be informed that there are sexually explicit books. Okay, but it doesn't even do that is the truth. Okay, the truth is that it was, it was only instructional material is what parents would be informed about. Right, the bill that, that was actually at issue was a bill that said that if there's instructional material containing sexually explicit material, parents can opt out. McAuliffe vetoed that when he was governor of Virginia. Okay, what does that have to do with banning Toni Morrison? Nothing. They're just lying. They're just making it up. Even the Washington Post's reporters, and Philip Wegman yesterday, he was like, yeah, this is not true. But Joe Biden has to lie because the idea is, of course, that every Republican is an emissary of the handmaid's tale. Every Republican is somebody who wants women to become of Glenn. That every Republican is some sort of brutal, vicious, anti-gay, ridiculous person. Everybody is Trump. Everybody is Trump. Now, you, by the way, this is why there is a, a certain level of knee-jerk defense of Trump on the right. Because we understand, we do, that when Trump said they're not attacking me, they're not attacking me because they hate me, they're attacking me because they hate you. He is right. Until Donald Trump ran for president, the media loved Donald Trump. Then he ran for president, and because they hated Trump supporters, Trump became enemy number one. And this is perfect evidence of that. Once again, they're attacking Glenn Youngkin like he's Donald Trump. Not because they hate Trump, but because they hate Youngkin. That's the point. And they hate you, somebody who's not willing to vote for Terry McAuliffe. Joe Biden makes that absolutely 100% clear. We'll get to that in one second. First, right now, there are just not enough workers in the economy. We have literally 10 million open jobs in the United States and not enough people to fill those jobs. That means that if you're an employer, it is very difficult right now to find the right employee. This is why you need ZipRecruiter.com. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, they send your job to over 100 top job sites, giving you access to their network of millions of job seekers. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans resumes to find qualified candidates for your open roles and then proactively presents them to you. You can easily review recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply for your job, which encourages them to apply faster. According to ZipRecruiter internal data, jobs where employers invite candidates to apply get two and a half times more candidates. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E, ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire to give it a try for free. Okay, so then Joe Biden gets to the meat of the matter. Okay, the meat of the matter is that everybody who is not on Joe Biden's side of the aisle is a criminal. Okay, so in the middle, of, this is really one of the most despicable things that Joe Biden has said. Remember, this is Captain Unity over here. This is the, the great unifier, not a divider. He's somebody who's going to bring us all together. He was going to be a president for all Americans, not just Americans who voted for him, who agreed with him. I said at the time of his inaugural, when he said unity, there are two ways to interpret unity. One way to interpret unity is unity while acknowledging diversity, meaning we all have different opinions on this, but we're still brothers and sisters and we can respect one another. That's one way to achieve unity. We try to do that on the show a lot, right? I have conversations with people on the other side of the aisle. 
very nice conciliatory conversations where we clarify what we agree with, what we disagree with, and then we go home friends, right? We try to do that. That's, that's one form of unity. And then there's the other form of unity, which is sit down and shut up because Joe Biden wants to do what Joe Biden wants to do. I think it is perfectly clear at this point which, which kind of unity Joe Biden is seeking. He made that absolutely clear last night in one of the most despicable things that Joe Biden has said as president. So he goes and he's attacking Glenn Youngkin. Again, Harvard MBA, former hedge fund guy. Glenn Youngkin is not a rabble rouser in any way, shape or form. And here is Joe Biden suggesting that Glenn Youngkin is equivalent to people who broke into the Capitol building on January 6th and assaulted police officers. Here we go. Extremism can come in many forms can come in the rage of a mob driven to, assault, driven to assault the Capitol. It can come in a smile and a fleece vest. Either way, the big lie is still a big lie. So, Virginia, show up. That's disgusting. And that's truly vile. So you are now comparing Glenn Youngkin, a candidate for the Virginia gubernatorial seat, who is trying to defend parents from the school boards and trying to stop children from being indoctrinated in the notion that America is systemically racist. And he's trying to get rid of like the grocery tax. You're comparing that guy to people who broke into the Capitol building, baying for Mike Pence and assaulted police officers. And then you wonder why the right just refuses to, to side with the left on anything. It's because of this. I said this the, the day after January 6th. That after January 6th, I said January 6th was despicable. It was terrible. The, what, what people did on that day is really gross. Attacking police officers is criminal behavior. Criminals should go to jail. I said all of that. I also said that this was going to be used by the left as a baton to wield against everyone who disagreed. It was going to be used. And, and this happened over and over. I told this, I, Malcolm Nance did this when I was on HBO with Malcolm Nance. He did this. He said it was 30,000 people attacking the Capitol building. It was not. It was several hundred people attacking the Capitol building at best. And that was a minor contingent of people who are actually at the Stop the Steal rally on January 6th. I didn't even agree with the people at the Stop the Steal rally, but the, the tripartite conflation is amazing. It went from the rioters are bad to anybody who was at the rally is a rioter, to anyone who supported Trump is a rioter, to anyone who is conservative at all, whether or not you supported Trump is a rioter. Right? This is, this is the move. The move is you disagree with me and you're equivalent to a criminal. And then you wonder why we are paranoid about you labeling parents domestic terrorists. Of course, you're labeling parents domestic terrorists, because after all, if they oppose you, they are domestic terrorists, according to you. Glenn Youngkin is equivalent to January 6th criminals. Right? They're all the same. I mean, what a what a vile statement by Joe Biden, but perfectly predictable, because, again, he is not kindly old Joe. He is a he's a pathetic career politician who has never earned his own money a day in his life, even the period when he was out of government, he was earning based on the fact that he had been inside government. He is a leech on the public trust. The president of the United States is, is a career-long manipulator and liar, going all the way back. And the fact that he was ever seen as this sort of nice guy is kind of bewildering to me. The American people, by the way, now agree with this. Americans are not in the mood for the Joe Biden nice old man routine because they don't think that he is a nice old man. They think that he is a venal, corrupt old politician, which is exactly what he is, who's masquerading as a moderate, but actually acting as a Trojan horse for radical extremist policy. That's what this presidency is. And he's demonstrating it. He's out there doing it. There is something, I would say, almost tragic about the, about the sort of images that emerge from this administration of this 
this very geriatric gentleman who presents this decaying face of an authoritarian bureaucracy that wants to control every aspect of your life while celebrating itself. It's, it's kind of, honestly, like, it's, it's very sad for our country to have devolved to this point. Truly. Here's the president of the United States yesterday jabbering like an idiot, because this is what he does frequently. We're taking a page from Terry's book when he was governor and when he'd be governor next time. We're emerging from this pandemic. We want to expand pre-K for three and four-year-olds, millions of free care. I don't even know what he's talking about. I love Terry McAuliffe in the background clapping like he understands what the hell Joe Biden just said. Other than he wants to make Trump available to everyone. Right? This is the person who wants to control every aspect of your life. This is the person who says that you, the parent, should not control your own child's education. This is the person who says that if you oppose him and you oppose any of his policies, you're equivalent to people who assaulted the Capitol building and tried to kill the vice president. That's, that's, that's that guy. And when he says that extremism can come in many forms, extremism or radical, political radicalism, not terrorism, political radicalism can look like a doddering old man who can barely stumble through a paragraph. And today, that's exactly what it looks like. In fact, it looks like a bunch of ridiculous buffoons dancing on stage. And just a quick recommendation to our politicians, don't dance on stage. It's never good. I'm going to have to put together a compilation of politicians dancing on stage. Like some of us know that we're bad dancers. And then unless explicitly at a concert and pulled up on stage, we just will not dance. And even if that does happen, we're embarrassed. That, that did happen to me one time. It was very embarrassing. Uh, when politicians go up on stage and then apparently volunteer to dance, look, look, I mean, look at this. You got Joe Biden in the middle. He's got his coat turned up because apparently it's cold. And he's bent over. Like, over himself. And then you've got Terry McAuliffe dancing like a ridiculous human being. I don't even know what he thinks he is doing. Just ridiculous. And and all these white people clapping to themselves. Ah, ah, just, just, ah. Uh, and there's Terry McAuliffe doing the inflatable man outside the car wash. Uh, these are the, it, honestly, honestly, God, if you vote for this in Virginia, you deserve what you get. Uh, I'm, I'm with H.L. Mencken. The American people get what they deserve good and hard. They're getting it in California with Gavin Newsom where they voted overwhelmingly to, to keep him in office. And if you vote for McAuliffe, you deserve what you get, frankly. Okay, meanwhile, the Democrats are having trouble putting together any sort of actual deal on this Build Back Better plan. And by the way, there's no public momentum for it because the plan sucks. We'll get to more of that in just one second. First, you know, my wife tends to get really, really nauseous in the car. It's, it's a serious problem. Whenever we go on a long drive, She's checking her phone a little bit. She'll look at me and she'll say, man, I just feel nauseous. My sister has exactly the same problem, which is why I got both of them Relief Bands. If you're looking for a better solution for keeping nausea out of your life, you have to check out Relief Band. Relief Band is the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband. It has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraine hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product is 100% drug-free, non-drowsy. It provides all-natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. The technology was originally developed over 20 years ago in hospitals to relieve nausea from patients. But now, through Relief Band, it's available to the masses. It works by stimulating a nerve in your wrist. It travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea. Then it blocks the signal to your brain that your brain is sending to your stomach, telling you that you're sick. So basically, it just looks like a watch. It looks like a wristband, and it stops you from being nauseous. It's like magic. It's super cool. As the world is opening back up, don't let fear of nausea keep you sidelined right now. Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for Ben Shapiro listeners. Go to reliefband.com, use promo code Shapiro. You will receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. Head on over to reliefband.com. 
Use our promo code Shapiro for 20% off plus free shipping. That's R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com. Use our promo code Shapiro for 20% off plus free shipping. Alrighty, we'll get to more in just a second. First, I don't know about you. I'm very excited that Allison Williams has now signed with Daily Wire. So Allison, of course, was thrown out of ESPN because she already had natural immunity from COVID and wanted to get pregnant. And she was concerned about the vaccine. So basically they said, it's your job or you're getting the jab. And so she resigned. And we don't believe that it is right for this to happen to people. We believe that you should be able to keep your job and make your own personal health decisions based on your own personal risk assessment. And so we hired her, not just because she happened to be fired wrongly or left or forced into resignation wrongly, but also because Allison is a really talented person. And if the left keeps canceling people, we are going to keep uncanceling people. If the left wishes to cancel Dave Chappelle, man, I will be on the horn with that guy so fast it'll make her head swim. Here at The Daily Wire, this is what we are going to do. We need your help to do it. It's expensive, but it's really important because we're not just bringing great content on board for you to enjoy at Daily Wire. We're helping fight back against the leftist cancel culture that is making all of our lives more miserable. If you want premium entertainment and sports content without the woke, become a member at dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code do not comply at checkout for 25% off. We're building a movement against leftist Hollywood and Joe Biden's unconstitutional mandate, but we need your help. So go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code do not comply for 25% off. Join the fight. Also, you know about Morning Wire. Morning Wire is great. It's been topping all the Apple and Spotify charts, but we need your help. So if you're listening, you need to go over to Apple and Spotify and leave us a review. Subscribe. Start listening right now to Morning Wire if you're not on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts that helps us keep the show trending toward the top of the charts. You're listening to the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Alrighty. So meanwhile, Joe Biden, the actual radical, is out there pushing his Build Back Better plan and the conditions under which he's doing this make no sense. So you have now pretty solid knowledge that the American people are not on board with this. They are very worried about inflation. And so Joe Biden is telling them, I'm going to toss more money at the problem, which, of course, creates more inflation. Inflation is a monetary phenomenon. Throw more money at fewer goods and you will get higher inflation, period. And it's happening all over the economy. For example, a Mississippi trucking CEO named John Stomps yesterday, he was saying he's, he's now experiencing the worst worker shortage they've ever seen because so many people have been paid to stay home. Here he is explaining. Truck after truck sits unmanned and unused in Total Transportation's Mississippi parking lot. It's the worst that I have ever seen. How many tractors do you have parked here because there's not a driver to fill it? We have 910 tractors total in our fleet, and today we're sitting at this, as of this morning, where we're 47 open. And CEO John Stomp says his worker woes are minor compared to some of his competitors. This, of course, is exactly right. Mohammed El Arian, who is an advisor to Barack Obama, he's been a guest on our show before. He says inflation is here to stay. This is not going away. It is not transient anymore. If we're still pumping money into the system as far as stimulus and you've got Congress implementing trillions more in spending, how can the pr- these prices ever come down? In fact, won't they just go higher? Final thought. So they will go higher, and the Fed has misread the inflation dynamics in a big way and is still hostage to this notion of transitory. But the first thing it should do is stop injecting $120 billion every month. It should stop that. Do we really need the Fed to buy $40 billion of mortgages and push house prices even higher? No. Okay, and of course, Mohamed El-Arian is correct. El Arian has been a, a longtime critic 
of the centralization of fiscal policy in the Federal Reserve. He keeps saying the Federal Reserve has a role and you guys have basically kicked all responsibility over to these so-called experts to generate all economic growth in the country. And it's a huge mistake. And this is what you're watching happening right now. But the Democrats are on tilt at this point. The Democrats are just like, well, we're going to throw money at this problem. And they're very upset that they can't get together on how to throw money at the problem. Dick Durbin, senator from Illinois, he says, we're kind of nervous that we're not even going to get a deal done at this point. It's an anxious time here on Capitol Hill on the Democratic side. We believe this week uh, is really the deadline week for us to get the agreement, the basic agreement uh, done uh, that has been going on for literally months. Uh, We have so many important issues at stake here. I I agree with Joe Manchin's uh, observation. We are close to the finish line. Uh, The president is engaged completely in this. Uh, I think we can get it done this week. Okay, but if they get it done, they lose because the plan's really bad. And if they don't get it done, they lose because they look incompetent. So they've they've now put themselves in a box. Again, all Joe Biden had to do was just be a tree stump. That's all he had to do. He was elected to be an inanimate object because that was what everyone thought he was, an inanimate object. It turns out instead, he was not a fully inanimate object. He was more like a Chucky doll. He was just sitting there on the shelf looking kind of scary, but not capable of doing anything. And then at night, he comes alive and passes Ayanna Presley's economic plans. It's basically where we are right now. Okay, there's only one problem for the Democrats, of course, which is they have to bridge the gap between Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin and the progressives, which is kind of tough. According to John Bresnahan, Anna Palmer, and Jake Sherman, reporting for Punchbowl News, let's be blunt, Democrats are not close to a framework agreement on their massive reconciliation package. We've heard President Joe Biden, Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer talk about great progress, but our reporting and the available public evidence does not match these sunny claims. Biden hoped to have a framework deal in place before he leaves for Rome on Thursday. Without a big turnaround in the next 24 hours, that's not going to happen. This also calls into question whether Pelosi and House Democratic leaders can pass that long-delayed $1 trillion bipartisan infrastructure deal by their October 31st deadline. The White House badly wants to clear the public works bill as you moderate House Democrats, but without the framework agreement, we're pretty sure it won't pass. Why? Because the progressives won't vote for it. The progressives are holding up the infrastructure bill to get the much broader bill back better nonsense. Pelosi says it should, Progressives say they'll continue to block it as they await a social spending deal. Another short-term patch to surface transportation funding could be necessary. Even as Democrats struggle to find consensus on the social spending bill, a path to a deal on both the framework and the broader reconciliation package is slowly emerging. Progressives got a big boost on Tuesday night when reports indicated the White House would include between $500 billion and $550 billion for climate-related provisions in the reconciliation package. Progressives need some victory because many of their favored provisions, like free community college, have been dropped or scaled back. But it's also true that after six weeks of steady negotiations, Democrats have not come to agreement on the top line cost of the package, what's in it, or how to pay for it. Well, I mean, those would be the three big issues, right? How big is it? What the hell's in it? And how do you pay for it? Manchin and Cinema have been calling the shots on the direction of the talks. Individual senators and members have even taken to negotiating directly with Cinema Manchin in order to win their support or overcome their opposition to provisions in the package. While this role for Manchin and Cinema has generated enormous outrage on the left, Biden has been forced to acknowledge that in a 50-50 Senate, each senator is a president, every single one, so you have to work things out. They say, at the moment, yikes, because there is no actual understanding on how to pay for the legislation at all. Senator, Senate Finance Committee Chair Ron Wyden has his billionaire income tax proposal that he has been pushing. It's a 107-page proposal, which always is great. It would supposedly impact only 700 Americans and generate $300 billion in revenue. But again, what this really is, is stealing money that does not exist because he wants to tax non-realized capital gains. But Manchin might not support that. 
Ironically enough, one of the things that's happening here is that Democrats may pass this bill with the wealth tax attached so they can pretend that they're paying for this thing and then wait for the Supreme Court to strike it down. So they can pass a politically unpalatable provision in a, in a broader bill, knowing the politically unpalatable provision, unpalatable provision will never come to the light of day. So they get the credit for the passage, but they don't get the blame for actually having to implement any of that. Jonathan Chait's openly tweeting that, quote, the Democrats billionaire tax is probably going to get struck down by the right wing Supreme Court, but that can help Democrats pass the bill. That's where you that, that's saying the, the quiet part out loud right there is that you're openly passing parts of a bill, you know, will be struck down because you're simply hoping to get something done here. We'll get some more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable, but Unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that they count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of Nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in Balance of Nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's fiber and spice supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Gotta tell you, I really rely on Balance of Nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience Balance of Nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer. Plus, get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order. Plus, that free bottle of fiber and spice. Okay, so when it comes to the moderates, it's pretty clear they're in control. Jen Psaki said yesterday that Joe Biden had extra pep in his step after meeting with Joe Manchin yesterday, which uh, a little extra pep in Joe Biden's step means that he was merely dragging himself bodily across the floor. I will tell you the president had a little extra pep in his step after he uh, had the breakfast with Senator Manchin and Senator Schumer, or Leader Schumer, uh, this weekend. And he was really encouraged by the agreement about uh, moving forward and wanting to get things done. So it does feel, I know for people watching, like this is very messy and we're never going to get there. But this is always what it looks like when you're near the finish line. Or when you're not near the finish line, actually. Right. Actually, we don't know which one that is. Maybe they're near the finish line, but it looks messy and like you're not going to get there when you're not near the finish line. And apparently also when you are near the finish line. For Joe Manchin's part, he's like, I don't even know where I belong in this party. anymore. <laughs> yeah, we, we know. We know, Joe. Have you ever thought my life would be easier for you if you shifted to being a Republican? And somebody have said recently that, um, you know, people have approached you about doing that. No, I've never, I, I never thought from this. I, I'm a, I, what I'm telling you now is who I am. Do you think by having a D or an I or an R is going to change who I am? I don't think the R's be any more happier with me than D's are right now. Okay, I mean, that's about as blunt as I can put it. So I don't know where in the hell I belong. Now, one of the things that nobody is talking about is the fact that uh, cinema and mansions don't even agree on taxes. So you might get one and not the other. According to Axios, the billionaire tax gained currency over the weekend because cinema signaled her opposition to corporate personal and capital gains tax hikes. Manchin has long had concerns about mark-to-market proposals, which tried to assess and tax the appreciation of an asset before it has been sold. And uh, now Manchin is saying he has not seen the text of it. So cinema was kind of in favor of the wealth tax and Manchin was like, ah, not so much. So now Senate leaders are unveiling a separate plan to impose a 15% minimum book tax on corporations with more than a billion dollars in profits. Cinema is proclaiming her support on Twitter. Manchin says that he is comfortable with the plan, but 
that 15% minimum tax is not going to pay for anything like what they are attempting to pay for right here. Plus, it is going to create disincentives to invest, obviously. Okay, so they really do have a mess here. They keep trying different, different methods of basically seizing money to pay for stuff that no one really wants. Okay, you can poll the American public on whether they want things like free childcare or they want the free college. They'll always say yes. But is it a high priority for them at this time? No. There's no polling data to suggest that the passage of Build Back Better is anything remotely like a high priority for actual on-the-ground Americans, which is why even if they pass this thing, it's just going to drive up inflation and people are not going to be super happy about it anyway. And as Mitch McConnell says, right now, it just looks mostly like Democrats are, are looking for new ways to tax people. Here's the Senate Minority Leader. Our Democratic colleagues and President Biden are behind closed doors dreaming up creative new ways to grab literally historic amounts of the American people's money. Remember, the same socialist spending plans that Democrats claim cost zero dollars somehow also need staggering new tax hikes to pay for them. Okay, well, this, of course, is true. Now, here's the big problem on the other side. While Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema are in charge, there's every possibility that the progressives decide to wield their weight and just say no to any sort of quote-unquote moderate bill. Because remember, for their constituents, it's, it's still the case that nothing might be better than something. Here was Bernie Sanders saying that if this spending bill does not include dental and vision for Medicare, which is a major expenditure and may be on the chopping block, then he's not going to vote for it. So you're trying to balance Joe Manchin and Bernie Sanders in order, again, to get a deal done that no one in America gives a damn about. They just want everybody to be left alone so we can go back to work and not worry about whether there are products on the shelves. But instead, you got the president of the United States negotiating with this communist old nut. Bottom line is that any reconciliation bill must include serious negotiations on the part of Medicare with the pharmaceutical industry, lower the cost of the prescription drugs. That's what the American people want. Any serious reconciliation bill must include expanding Medicare to cover dental, hearing aids, and eyeglasses. Okay, well, Chang Weger, who is a big Sanders supporter, and who is sort of one of the, the big voices on the progressive left, he tweeted out, there's nothing left for progressives in the reconciliation bill. If progressives in Congress vote yes, and then do BS cheerleading for the corporate Democratic Party that gutted it, they'll be met with a wall of skepticism and disdain. This bill is now trash. Vote no. Huh? You know, it'll be fun to watch these people hash it out. That's for sure. And all of this is, again, because Joe Biden refused to make clear who he was on day one and during the campaign. It's because Joe Biden finished off Bernie Sanders in the primaries. And then instead of continuing to promote a so-called moderate plan, he decided to bring Bernie Sanders on board. The reality is that the number of people who agree with Bernie Sanders in the United States about economics is very, very low. But Joe Biden is not willing to stand up to those people because he wants to be seen as transformational. And this just shows you how much of politics is ego. Joe Biden understands that it is almost certain that he's a one-term president. I mean, he, he's barely stringing together sentences as, as we speak. He's barely alive. And because he is a one-term president, he knows that he has to do something transformational if he wants to make it into the history books. Otherwise, he's just Barack Obama's running mate here, now, and forever. Even if he was president of the United States, he is merely the guy who is the placeholder for whatever comes next and or the guy who ran with the first black president. Right? That is how he goes down in the history books, not as some sort of transformational figure. Instead, he is trying to go down as a newfangled FDR or LBJ. That only happens if he goes along with socialistic spending plans and redistributionist appeals. 
And so he has decided to cater to the left wing of his party. And now he's attempting to backfill by dealing with Manchin. And so I really don't understand what Joe Manchin thinks he's doing here. Right? If Joe Manchin even whittles this bill down to 1.5 trillion, how does he think that's a win for West Virginians? Does he think the West Virginians aren't going to punish him for moving along with Biden, who currently is probably in the 30s or 20s in the state of West Virginia? The bottom line is this. The Democratic Party, in the end, is going to be forced to run on the oppositional notion that Republicans are the extremists. But the more extreme the policy they pursue, the worse it's going to be for them. And they can't stop themselves. They cannot. Ever since 2008, they've been committed to a far-left course, an ever-encroaching far-left course. And Joe Biden is just the decaying face of that Democratic radicalism. And when the facade falls off, then the Democratic Party is in the biggest trouble it has been in for a very long time. Shockingly, the Democratic Party has now tied its ship to this, this decrepit, elderly, corrupt politician. And should he fall down, as he is right now, he takes the rest of the party with him. All right, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. In the meantime, go check out The Michael Knowles Show that is available right now. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Associate producer, Bradford Carrington. Post producer, Justin Barber. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant, Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The Prime Minister of New Zealand admits that the purpose of the COVID lockdowns is to create a new hierarchy, two separate classes of people. Joe Biden's poll numbers tumble in Virginia, and the NIH tries to cover up Fauci's funding of gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 